Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntris here, getting over a little bit of a cold, but happy to present to you this great conversation with Jerry Duggan. Uh, Jerry is back. Man, it's been a long time. Uh, I had him on when he and Brian Posehn were just starting to take over Deadpool, and now at the end of Marvel Legacy, uh, Jerry is wrapping up his Deadpool run with his bucket list uh, story arc, and uh, we're also here to talk about his image comic, Analog, a brand new comic that's coming out in April. Really sounds like uh, my kind of thing. A little espionage, a little crime. Uh, Fighting against, uh, you know, a a world where, man, and especially coming out of the uh, Facebook weekend and all the information that, uh, you know, was uh, unceremoniously uh, taken from uh, 50 million Facebook users. Well, Analog seems to dovetail right into that kind of uh, world where things have even gotten worse. And uh, people have to result to uh, hand drops and, uh, you know, paper and uh, less digital transformations of or transferring of uh, information. Pretty interesting stuff. And I I really think that uh, Jerry tapped into a very uh, timely subject. Plus, in general, it's great to talk to Jerry about his transition from uh, comedy writing to what he uh, does in comic books. And he's still doing both, and we talk about that. He's been doing a little writing for award season, which uh, is always fun to hear about, some great behind-the-scenes stories in that regard. And, uh, no, I always like Jerry, and, and I really i am kicking myself that it's been this long since I've gotten him to sit down and do a word balloon. I mentioned that uh, he was on in the interim uh, talking about when he had just taken over Guardians of the Galaxy. And I know uh, we covered that uh, Marvel press conference here on Word Balloon. So uh, it's great to get uh, Jerry to sit down and have a nice conversation as we do now. Jerry Duggan talking Deadpool, Analog, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, some other great Marvel moments as well, and comedy writing today, uh, all on today's Word Balloon. It's brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. Uh, It means a lot. We're in convention season and uh, just uh, a a couple weeks away from C2E2. Uh, that's a local show, but uh, I've got a few on-the-road shows that I'll be doing this year, and it's uh, mostly thanks to the League of Word Balloon listeners who uh, help me pay the bills and uh, get to conventions and make connections and start to bring you more interesting uh, guests, along with the usual Word Balloon guests that I think are interesting as well. Um, Word Balloon succeeds, and a big part of it is thanks to Uh, those of you who subscribe via Patreon. So as always, thank you very much for your support. If you'd like to subscribe to Word Balloon, Word Balloon is free, but if you want to help out the cause, click on the uh, Patreon ad at wordballoon.com or go to Word Balloon, or I should say patreon.com slash Word Balloon, and all the information is there. But truly, thank you for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at instocktrades.com, where you will find a lot of great Jerry Duggan stories. Uh, not just uh, his Marvel work, but you'll even go back to uh, some of his old collaborations with uh, Rick Remender and Brian Posehn. But let's talk about some Marvel product with Jerry Duggan's name on it. Uh, the Star Wars Chewbacca trade paperback. Fantastic story with Jerry and his buddy Phil Noto, good collaborators. 
Uh, this is 42% off, $9.85. You can get lots of copies of his run on Uncanny Avengers, which uh, was a great uh, combination of the X-Men and the Avengers. Uh, you can get uh, Volume 2, Apocalypse Twins, uh, at 42% off, $11.49. You can get, uh, let's see here, uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and uh, that's with him and Ryan Stegman. And this is uh, Ultimate Avengers Unity Trade Paperback Volume 2. 42% off, $10.43. You can get his run on Nova. Man, that was great. Um, you can get things like uh, many volumes of no- Nova are 42 and 50% off. Uh, Homecoming is uh, 50% off uh, with a great conversation, and, or I should say great uh, adventure with Sam Alexander and the Hulk. How about that, man? Uh, this is, uh, let's see, 50% off, $8.50. You can also get Last Christmas. I mentioned uh, Jerry's great collaboration with uh, Brian Possein and Rick Remender. This is when Rick was doing art. Un- unbelievable. A really funny Christmas story. Uh, it's uh, 42% off. Just uh, You get the trade paperback for $8.69, or you can get the hardcover for $14.49. And a great, really amazing story that he and Phil Noto did, Infinite Horizon, The Soldier with No Name. It is such a great uh, look at kind of the Odyssey in a, in a very different way. But what a, what a beautiful uh, story that uh, Jerry and Phil did for Image years ago. 42% off, $10.42. There's more. But I'll tell you more on the back end of the show of other great uh, things. We didn't even talk about his Deadpool traits, for God's sake, or his Hulk run, which I love so much. But lots of Jerry Duggan product at uh, great prices at InStockTrades.com. Okay, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Jerry Duggan. Lots to talk about. Uh, man, always a pleasure. And I, it seems like we talk more at conventions than we do here at the podcast. We're going to rectify that in the months ahead. But here's Jerry Duggan now on Word Balloon. Jerry Duggan, welcome back to Word Balloon. Man, it's been forever, and I apologize because we've meant to do it a few times, and life got in the way, and at least I, we've always you know, been able to say hello to each other at conventions, but uh, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, we've threatened one another with, <laughs> with this for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I had you at a Marvel press conference, I think, when you first took over Guardians, or it was announced that you were taking over Guardians, and that's the yeah. closest, uh, I think, uh, that I've had you coming on the podcast directly, so welcome back. Thank you very much. And uh, congratulations. I uh, just went through last week's Infinity Countdown Prime. What would you think? I liked it. No, honestly, I liked it. I'll, I'll be completely honest, man. I'm a little concerned with <laughs> events just coming fast and furious still. And it's like, okay. But, I mean, it, at least it's a good story. And I think it is something that yeah. ties into anticipation for the Infinity War. And, I mean, it's always a good subject. And certainly pulls at some of the threads of of what's going on with with Marvel Legacy. Yeah, I think. Um, look, I was very thrilled to be collaborating on the Guardians comics. The plan always was to have this story explode out of Guardians. It just, to Marvel's credit, look to everyone's credit uh, over there. You know, they just were saying, "Hey, let's move up the the time when that story would shift." And so uh, I, I don't know if you had a chance to look at uh, the Warlock uh, one shot or not that that the All Reds did um, that that uh, you know was the bridge between Guardians and Infinity Countdown. But um, you know I'm getting to reach for some of the toys that I've never had the opportunity to to 
uh, write, and uh, I'm really having a lot of fun. You know, I'm, I'm wor- I worked with Dio on that Prime issue, and uh, he and Frank Martin, and, and God, that was such a joy. That, you know, and and the All Reds were a bucket list combo for me. And sure. and, and so now as we move into Infinity Countdown. You know, uh, I'm bringing uh, my Guardians collaborator Aaron Cooter with me, and and then we're being joined joined by Mike Hawthorne uh, for for a part of that story. And uh, you know, I am telling the biggest, craziest stories in that I've ever attempted in Infinity Countdown. And uh, you know, I've been talking about these plans for a long time in the in the um, Marvel editorial retreats and uh, I've always been thrilled with how the story landed in there and the story was always made better by the contributions of those other writers so I know that um, you know there may be some uh, like event fatigue but this isn't um, necessarily uh, like a line wide crossover that even was though my question okay yeah okay. E- even though I think look we've got uh, some really cool crossovers uh, and some people are sort of scratching their heads about why black widow and uh, or, or daredevil m- might be a part of that and um you know i promise it will make very good story sense in fact i think the first week of march uh infinity countdown number one hits and uh at the end of that issue you'll see why uh their presence uh is necessary for the story um you know and look i'm sensitive i I grew up i was the biggest fan of the starlin stuff in the world you know i i met jim for the first time i think in 1986 may have been 87 at a convention when i was just a kid on the other side of the table and he signed my uh my um you know comic books and i bought a book from him that he um co-authored uh called Among Mad Men, and uh, we talked for a long time. And so to be able to play with some of these toys now really brings me great joy. But I I have no interest, none whatsoever, in sort of retelling or reimagining the stories that he told. So this is a very um, a very different story that involves the Infinity Stones. I mean, look, when when you comes right down to it they're 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 MacGuffins you know it it really is about what you're what you're saying with these characters and it is a very character driven piece and uh you know some of the characters that this will come to involve I think are are pretty obvious and some of the characters you won't necessarily see coming um but it is a new story and it's about creation the 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 big story that I'm telling and and you know I, I I've kitted around in interviews but it's really true and some of the characters are beginning to to get hip to this you know i i i sort of uh i'm intrigued by the possibility that our universe is a simulation and uh you know unfortunately for the characters in in the marvel universe that that is true so it it's neat um you know the 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 you know, some of the some of the characters may begin to see the imperfections in their universe, and even fans that might grumble. Well, you know, the last time we saw the stones, they were destroyed, and before that, they were different colors, and they were cut gems, and now they're stones, and blah blah blah. And you know, that's actually like a little bit about what my story is. Sure. Um, 
So in a super fun way, I think we'll we'll sort of get into all of it. And uh, and, you know, I, I think that's that's why I was very pleased to walk into these editorial retreats with some big, crazy ideas that, um, you know, made people sort of uh, very happy and laugh. And then they go, boy, I'm glad that's you telling that story and not me. <laughs> but, but but it is, um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky in collaborators and, and Jordan. D. White, my editor, has really helped me shape this from something that we were going to fire out of a cannon from the pages of Guardians into the Marvel Universe. And now that it's happening, um, I'm actually grateful that we shortened the runway a little bit because a lot of the bigger ideas that were sort of more spread out are being um, sort of distilled into the story uh, in, a, in a, I think, a more fun way. You know, I, I know you know Dave Mandel. Yes, he he uh, he helped me, um, I think, become the writer I am today. I got to write a couple of things with him. And, uh, you know, the, the big lesson that he taught me and that I think he learned from uh, Larry and Jerry on Seinfeld was, hey, you would walk in and pitch them a story and then you'd say, that's the end. And they'd go, no, that's the end of your second act. Let's yeah. smush it all together and see what happens after. And so uh, I have constantly uh, been trying to accordion story um, to, to you know, be able to trim the fat and smush the good stuff together towards the front and then see what surprising thing that you can find at the back end that you didn't know was there. And uh, boy, have we done that on this story. And uh, that, that's why I'm – I. You know, I, I would think that I'd be a little bit more um, nervous about, uh, you know, the the helming uh, an, an event. But, uh, you know, I know the story so well and I, I know what, where I'm going. Uh, and, and so I'm, I'm not. I'm pretty relaxed. Well, it's a I'm, good it's a great yeah. first issue. And honestly, Thanks. Uh, I, much like uh, what I liked about Jason's event, Original Sin, I think you are putting interesting different players in an Infinity story that wouldn't normally be there. And, I mean, obviously, you know, having Turk possessing one of the stones and everything is a, is a big deal. And I think uh, and it makes sense to have, obviously, Daredevil and Black Widow. It's a fair assumption that they are going to be addressing Turk's possession of, is it the, it's the Mind Stone. The it's the mind stone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, every couple of years we, we seem to have turnover and new fans. And, you know, one of the questions I was asked on Twitter was, well, why can Turk even hold the mind stone without disintegrating? And so, you know, that's just an idea that the, that, you know, the MCU put forth that, that, you know, an ordinary right. mortal couldn't even hold it. And that's not, what our inheritance is uh, from our stories on, on the other side. And, um, you know, I, I came in after CB, um, after CB was named as the new EIC, I, I actually went to New York in December for a story meeting. Uh, I was very grateful. He didn't have a lot of time at that point. It was the holidays, but everyone cleared their calendar for me. And, and I worked with CB and Joe and Tom and, Nick Lowe and Jordan and, and Annalise and, and all of our, our support staff to, to bang out this story. And, um, you, you know, the, the thing that came out of it that I think really excited Joe the most was sort of, Hey, what happens to a person that comes into contact with an infinity stone and, you know, finding 
you know, Turk as a, as a character that would be a lens into that world, I think is really exciting. You yeah. know, it's, I'm not there to, to punk Turk. Do you know what I mean? I Turk has, <laughs> you know, Turk has survived. Like think about what yes. Turk, like he's a survivor. And so to, to me, I think it, it's sort of the perfect hands to explore. Um, you know, he's a guy with ambition. He's a guy that can be dangerous um, he's a he's a guy that um, you know has not has not encountered much power, but has always sort of been in the in the wings as it was wielded, and yes. and uh, and and so I'm thrilled. I mean, like that's uh, I, I even remember Grotto, you know, and so you know the his his old partner in crime was sort of the the guy that didn't get much screen time. You know, he was he was the guy that uh, was changing into the Santa suit with him in the alley and born again. Hilarious. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there is, again, don't worry. It's a cosmic Marvel story. You know, Adam Warlock has a part to play. The sure. Guardians have a part to play. The Avengers will have a part to play. But, um, you know, the what Countdown is leading towards is is the the big – it's a big story that leads to an even bigger story. And so I'm thinking about it as all one story, and I've been doing that since since Guardians, really. But but the notion that we're going to get to a big uh, Infinity story, um, you know, was just where I was going. And and look, my Infinity story probably, if I had to describe my Act One of the story that 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 follows Countdown, it's a little like the Warriors with the Infinity Stones. Sure, you know, no, I get it. Not, uh, it, it. You know, you may not ever see anyone wield all of them together. So I, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, Marvel stoked. Everyone sort of was super bummed out in all the right places and laughed in the right spots. Good. And you know that is, uh, that is my sweet and sour to make people. Uh, that's that's my secret formula to make people. Uh, feel something and then laugh i hope and so uh that this checks all the boxes excellent man no you know honestly some of your quirkier miniseries have always been fun i loved and i can't remember what the year was in uh, secret wars the western story you told oh man wasn't that so much fun Absolutely. That was like, uh, i can't take much credit for that because uh nick varela and uh and did they hand you the plot he, well no, i mean like I, no, that's true. I, I did write it, but I mean, the, she she just um, you know she killed it. It was at that time. It was a really exciting time to to be uh, in the room in that editorial room at Marvel because what Jonathan did was uh, you know set the table and just sort of say, hey, this is the only part of the table that I need, and there is more table that he was looking to have us fill, you know, and, sure. and so people brought these wonderful ideas and. Um, I was on Hulk at the time. I had mm -hmm. inherited uh, Hulk, and we didn't quite know what Hulk was going to be in Secret Wars until you walk into the room. And uh, I said, "Look, uh, I'd really like to tell a story about Hulk, and uh, you know, uh, I, I really want to tell a western." And I, I sort of had this idea that he might even ride in on Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> and but what I didn't know was that was you know there was already some really strong plans. Yeah, uh, Stephen Devil Dinosaur, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then, but once I said Western, everyone was like, "Just do the Western," and I was like, "Really?" Because I have a lot of cool ideas about a Western, and you know, in a perfect world, that would have been an ongoing Beyond Secret Wars. Yeah, man, like, that I, was a great, absolutely, it was a great story. 
I could have written that for years and years and years. And and by the way, like, you know, there's a lot of times when when, you know, you get into a, a situation in a creative endeavor where, you know, writers and artists and editors might sort of prison eat over their little, you know, over their plates, you know, and somebody, you know, the, the, the idea that someone reach over and might take a little food off your plate, uh, that never happened in, in that room. As soon as I said Marvel Western and that, you know, it would be 1872 and I was thinking about calling it timely, everyone just sort of got it. And then people just started yelling at me, like James Robinson was like, oh my God, you know, Hawk, uh, Clint could have, uh, you know, Clint Hawkeye could have been, uh, had scarlet fever and so he went deaf and perhaps he was you know raised by the natives and they think that he and you know a million great wonderful ideas that i just like i didn't have the space for um but that was the 1872 remains sort of one of my favorite collaborations uh you know and and one of the few times that i've really written a captain america that really speaks to me i hear you uh, man no it was, I, every 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 version was true to the heart of the character in this yeah. western backdrop and yeah, you know, I mean, I, I know that um, – and now I'm blanking at which Bendis event it was uh, where the libraries are like, hey, can we have more from this uh, miniseries <laughs> world? And yeah, and yeah. they had Van Lenti like do a couple sequel stories. You know, it was either like, you know uh, – Like a House of M maybe. Yeah, it was a... either – yeah, I think it was House of M. I think it specifically yeah, was House of M. And yeah, so uh, – no, God, I hope, I hope somebody smart that loves Westerns or, or some book outlet is like – well, let's get more of that because that would be a terrific way to do more Western tales. And, you know, Marvel's always had a great history with the West as well. So, oh, yeah. I know. mean, that was it. Uh, you know, I, I – you, oh, Rawhide I, Kid. I mean, yeah, man. Rawhide Kid, yeah. And we we, we hid, uh, we hid uh, some Easter eggs too in yeah. 1872 <laughs> that we were – had fully intended to sort of, um, you know, get back to in success. And even – even Deadpool shows up for one panel at the end, and he was <laughs> the merc without the mouth. His mouth had been shot off, and uh, he was traveling around with past, uh, Pastor Frank, uh, who was Frank Castle. And Nick, Nick Rella and I still are, talk about that when I run into her at conventions. Um, you know, that that's a world that I would love to get back to. Um, but, you know, having done it once, it, it feels like a, a miracle that I got a, a, a an analog of them. Marvel Universe is Western, so I can't I can't be too upset that I, I only got four <laughs> issues out of it. <laughs> wow, it was only four issues, man. Uh, no, it was great, yeah. man. And I met them when uh, the last time we did speak on the record at that press conference for Guardians. You have taken them. I mean, you are very comfortable in the universe. You tell really fun stories, and your knowledge of the Marvel Universe is, is serving you well. I think they're they're it's a fresh take on a lot of uh, established characters, and you're and you're. You're knocking it out of the park, man. Seriously, I, I, I think Thank you've had you. a great run. I, I really appreciate it. You know, I've uh, I've been lucky in collaborators from the beginning. You know, I, I really did. Um, I've said this before, and it it feels like I'm doing a bit, but it, it's really true. Um, you know, I I, uh, I thought I'd be we'd wash out pretty quickly um, after Deadpool after getting Deadpool. You know, you just I, I think expectations were were you know they hoped that we would land well but i think they had another um <laughs> you know I, I i think i'd be lying if uh you know they they maybe didn't have uh plans just in case we belly flopped you know uh, and and also 
if if we had um, you know if if, if we had not uh, landed well, it really would have been on us. We had Tony Moore, right? We had Brian Posehn. We had yeah. uh, Jeff Darrow on covers. And so, you know, we, we it was everything that we could have um, – everything that you could want in a launch. Sure. And, and the launch lasted, you know, through not just leading us all the way to Secret Wars, but then also uh, – you know, I was able to keep the book solo after, and, and I think I actually did more Deadpool on this side of Secret Wars than I did on on the first side. Interesting. So I'm, I'm coming up on like, I think by the time 300 comes out, and that's my last issue. I think it's somewhere around 125 issues that I've either co-written or written or collaborated on, and you know, it's it's uh, what a time to be the the guy that blundered into a Deadpool career. <laughs> No question. Yeah, yeah, I'm just coughing I'm just... off the air so you can't uh, hear it. That's all. <laughs> uh, no, it's very, uh, it's good. <laughs> no, you're right though, and I and and I think it would have been fair when you did first come out with Brian that it was kind of like, all right, these guys are in as a stunt. This will be fun. Two comedy guys coming in writing a comedy character for Marvel, but no, your staying power speaks for itself, man. And hey, that's awesome. And I know for a fact that uh, Deadpool and Star Wars are kind of leading the pack as far as uh, the Marvel output right now, as far as the best sellers. So yeah, that's wonderful. So. Yeah, that's been, that's been neat. So it's a, uh, it's a good time, uh, good time to be in the Jerry Duggan business. At a point. So tell me and forgive me, cause I'm not a regular Deadpool reader. What is Deadpool's Marvel legacy story? Well, you know, he, um, when I first started to get wind of secret empire, uh, I was nervous and sort of fought it very briefly for a minute to go, wait a minute, I just put Deadpool with Captain America. Like, I can't, boy, he'd get burned down and all that. And then it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks that that was going to be my end. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. You know, like <laughs> Wade Wade finally is sort of like Accepted. tamed yeah. moment by Cap. And that, you know, the time... The one time that somebody bets on Captain America and loses, it's weight. <laughs> and so it was really a glorious um, last act. I, I really didn't want to stay on the stage too long. I had a couple of big exits that we could have taken. And I'm really glad that, um, you know, I feel like we're leaving before we run out of gas. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm also, look, very selfishly, usually you leave a book and then you watch from afar as you know a new creative team comes in and does what they need to do, and it usually involves an arson fire of whatever you did. Sure, and that is the way of the way of the business. Like I, I don't begrudge it. You got to do what you got to do. And in this version, by by having Wade take the fall, um, even in a way that Steve Rogers doesn't uh, for for his actions in Secret Empire, I got to be the arsonist, and so. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun with the despicable Deadpool as he is on the lam for the murders that he committed at, at Stevel Rogers' request before <laughs> he even knew that he was Stevel Rogers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so th- th- there's that. I mean, like, that, that's been a great end for, for my story on Deadpool. And uh, I'm starting to see the inks for 300, and it's our funniest and most effed up issue ever <laughs> so that that feels like we're, we are not we were not going to be able to top it and i'm so glad to be able to wrap out and uh 
you know, uh, that, that'll hit, I think, in May. Okay. And that's 20 pages from Koblish, 20 pages from Lolly, and 20 pages from Hawthorne. Wow. And that's, that's our mic drop, and hopefully the mic goes through the floor like it was bathed in some alien blood. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sincerely grateful to not um, – to, to not have to write Deadpool and can return to Deadpool as a fan. Sure. Boy, that, that feels good. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no. And like you said, 125 issues. Holy shit. So, yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely, man. No, that's great. That's, that sounds fantastic. And yeah, great. Three great artists to wrap things up with as well. Uh, that's yeah. wonderful. So very cool, man. And how about guardians beyond the, the Thanos event, or I should say the Infinity event here. Uh, you know are what? you staying on Guardians, or are you leaving Guardians as well? Yeah, Guardians is wrapped for the time being. I, I think I know exactly what will happen with Guardians and when, but, you know, for the moment, uh, you know, Infinity Countdown will sort of put them through the ringer. Okay. And we'll see what survives of them as a as a unit Interesting. after that. Okay. So. Wow. Very cool. I have to be. I have to be coy. sort of, uh, yeah, coy on that one. All but right. yeah, there's there will be though. There will be a lot of fun guardian stories. We'll have to wait and see exactly what that means. Okay. What uh, and um, have they announced what you're doing next or no? Uh, no. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wait. And uh, I think you. I can't remember now if you said it off the air. You're coming to C two E two, so. I am. I'll be at C2E2. Um, I'll be there uh, doing some Marvel panels. I'll be promoting uh, Infinity Countdown. Uh, I'll, I'll be um, I'll also be the, that week uh, Analog right. comes out. So I'm using C2E2 as a, 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 a coming out party for uh, for this new book that uh, David O'Sullivan and I are, are doing at Image. Well, that's a good uh, uh, segue into uh, speaking about Analog. You were kind enough to send me uh, the first couple issues, and I got a preview of it back in New York. Uh, there was a little press thing going on, and uh, a handful of us uh, gathered to hear about various Image books that were coming in the months ahead. T. Franklin was there talking about Bingo Love, and you were there talking about Analog. Yeah. Were you at the Image uh, Central uh, presentation in Portland a week or so ago? I was. I got to go up. Um, I was in Portland most of last week, and then I stuck around uh, and did uh, my first Comics Pro meeting. Uh, it was a blast. Cool. I had a lot of fun. You know, um, my background, uh, I worked uh, for a retailer out in Los Angeles for a number of years. So um, I'd like to think, um, you know, it, it makes me a better comics creator. Uh, maybe not always, but the, the idea that I sort of know, um, you know, what their ups and downs are, I, I, I think is interesting. I sort of, in both of my new image works, I, I was really thinking about the retailers in naming them. You know, I, I, uh, analog uh, is is a very, I think, good title for the work, but it's also a title that's the first name that you're going to have to go through in the solicits. Absolutely, man. Uh, you're talking to a person that was stupid enough to name their podcast Word Balloon. So, yeah, <laughs> believe, seriously, my dad used to tell me all the time, if you're going to name something, name it at the top of the alphabet. His uh, restaurant was Bella's, so it was a B, yep. and then he had an auto uh, repair shop, and it was Ace auto repair Ace, so, yeah exactly man so yeah i know my dad was just spinning in the grave like what's with word balloon what are you thinking man? Word balloon. yeah but it's a great you know i feel like you've overcome your w yeah 
I hope so. I certainly hope so. But analog, you're right, man. That's fantastic. So, and then with Dead Rabbit, even though it's a much different story, um, you know, that my second image book later this year, I just I'd like it to be stocked. You know, if you liked my work on Deadpool, the next thing on the shelf is going to be Dead Rabbit, and even though it'll be quite different, I'm hoping that uh, you know the fans that that liked my uh, bullshit over there will enjoy it over here. <laughs> Well, let's start with the uh, the backdrop of analog because uh, a near a near future story, some espionage in there. We really get a, a sense of potentially where the world might be going in our uh, current world of uh, social media and information and lack of privacy. And I know those are some of the things you're hitting with this series. So tell us about it. Yeah, it you know it's a, it's an idea. Um, you know, I had a couple of ideas for books um, that I started. Um, wrenching on as creator on stuff over the years, you know, I've needed to take the slow books. I've been so busy at Marvel. Um, but I was grateful that this one took a long time to bring, uh, to the printer because, um, you know, we started David O'Sullivan and I started wrenching on it in 2015 and obviously the world changed in 2016. Sure. Um, so all of a sudden the book felt like you know, every day it was becoming um, a little less speculative, you know, for sure. speculation. <laughs> um, and look, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I uh, am a citizen of the Internet. I hopefully am a good citizen of the Internet, but I'm raising my son to be a little more mysterious. You know, uh, the idea that um, mistakes are indelibly written onto your permanent record, you know, I don't think is fair for, for people. But the idea here that Analog uh, really is putting out there is just to go, look, what happens to our world when secrets are no longer shared online because the Internet is so insecure? You know, there are um, worms out there. There's, uh, you know, Manchurian chips. And basically after a mass doxing, you know, uh, nobody sends anything important over the web anymore. That would be crazy. You know, you pay an armed courier name uh, that, that's called a ledger man or a paper jockey some money to get your secret where it's going. So I'm just really looking to the future to turn back the clock. You know, I, I want to bring back Al Capone's bookkeeper and do away with mobile phones sure. and tell a story about where I worry that we're headed. And, uh, you know, so far it's uh, it's landed real well. Um, Eric Stevenson at Image uh, really liked the first issue that David and I sh showed him and, and greenlit it. And, uh, you know, the good news is for us, we have about – we're just about wrapping up the first trade. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, you sent me three uh, issues already and book is debuting yeah, in April. It's like now it's more like five. And so we'll, we'll – we may run without an interruption – between for a little for as long as we can we'll, we'll see we have a lot of story to tell and we're having a lot of fun and you know all of that is done you know we're coming up on final order cutoff um if if this sounds like a book that you're interested in let your retailer know i think it's march 12th okay good because uh, i was planning as we're yeah. recording this we're literally recording it on february 28th and i did plan to put this out uh early next week so oh fantastic yeah, that's but, great oh definitely yeah, so, um, you know, De Declan Shalvey introduced me to David, and, uh, you know, that's how we got our uh, our brilliant colorist out of it, too. David's, uh, this is his first published work, uh, which will seem crazy when you pick up the issue, because it just seems like a guy, yeah, that has a couple hundred issues under his belt, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the chance to work with him. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's got some big ideas, but it's still a very character driven piece. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, our our hero, uh, our our uh, hero is a guy named Jack McGinnis, and he's a bit of a human punching bag. He drinks hard. He gets punched hard. But he'll he'll get your uh, he'll get your, uh, you know, book your ledger where it needs to go. Um, he's, uh, romantically linked and his partners with, um, a woman, uh, that will come to meet as the story unfolds. I think her story is really interesting. She was sort of set free by the mass doxing. She was being trafficked. And so when everyone's secrets spilled onto the web, it obviously a huge disruption really across every bit of society, and, you know, she was freed by that. And so, um, you know, the, she and Jack have that in common. And, you know, she's we're leaping over our current political situation, but we're sort of landing in a place where, um, you know, some of the um, some of the darker elements of society that have been emboldened, I think, are still there, even in 2024. So. You know, it's sort of a not optimistic future, but I hope that these characters are a bit optimistic. And, um, you know, look, selfishly, it's just a chance to have some fun uh, in a way that I don't see anyone else really having fun right now. And and that uh, I did away with cell phones. And anytime you can do that, you're really helping your story. (laughs) It's not not any secret that, like, you know, Rick's Deadly Class is set in the 80s where you can't – you know, you can't just uh, FaceTime someone and get get out of a jam. You're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. Understood. Absolutely, man. Yeah, Rick Remender, you're talking about. Well, and also, um, God, I remember having this conversation, I think, with Matt Wagner a few years ago and how, you know, uh, Google Maps and some of these things would really make it hard for Batman to really exist in today's yeah. world and everything. So, yeah. No, I get it. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, you know, well, these are some of the classic tropes of espionage that I think make it more challenging in today's world because of the digital world. And so I think most, and in fact was just watching CNN and they were talking about how president Trump does an email purposefully yeah, and, and that he relies on, you know, phone conversations and things. And so you can see the effectiveness of having these, you know, ledger couriers that are running around and also, information drops and things that were such an, a big part of espionage stories and everything. It's, it's fun. And I think it yeah, is missed in, it. I think today's uh, attempts to, you know, do that cyber world kind of espionage. Yeah, 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 exactly right. I mean, the, you know, the, it's, uh, it's such a fun muscle to flex too that I don't ordinarily get to do sort of in, in my current assignments. Sure. And so to be able to, to you know go back i think you and i have pretty similar taste in books and movies and you know i i like uh you know the the, the older noir films and and really that's you know what we're sort of telling here is a crime noir uh, yes. I, i'm not sure how far into analog you were able to go i i, I have three issues lettered we'll meet sort of how, we'll meet a woman who wants to be just called aunt sam She's the uh, she's the woman tasked with 
trying to be a spy in that crazy world where people are sending uh, ideas on paper and you know we'll see like they're trying to like set up you know copying facilities in transportation hubs in order to sort of get a sneak at what the ledger men are carting around and you know um it it, it is science fiction um but at the same time you know after i started finally being able to talk about this idea um you know a couple of things got back to me about our world and you know there's a guy at the there's a big flea market at the Rose Bowl once a month out here in okay. Pasadena uh-huh. and he refurbs typewriters oh that's and great and he's doing that sort of as a as a hobby but you know he does it to make a couple of bucks whenever he, you know he can and and uh he said that he got cleaned out by a political organization recently Hilarious. and i find that fact full fascinating yes that, you know oh my god again, how many times do you have to get bit before you go oh yeah i'm, I'm not gonna go uh make the same mistake again and so the things that can be committed to paper and you know pivoted t- to an analog world that's what's happening like totally man the, the the kremlin talked about that years ago and whether or not it's even true it just sort of communicates that <laughs> intent right to, to to go yeah the aggressor is going to set the tone here and uh you know the uh, i think anything that is digital is going to one day leak i just do i've always thought that no, I, I, I think yeah, also be not just your cloud data but it'll probably be your search history and your messages and you know one of the smartest guys i know uh in in the world really is a, is a, came up in the tech boom and learned a lot from failing a bunch. But, you know, he has his email set to auto delete everything every 30 days because his expectation is that this is a world where eventually it will all be out there. And, you know, I had a little bit of info released in a Sony hack and, you know, there was like, that was sort of a wake up call. Wow, you know, you, were, you actually got bit by that. Yeah, it was like from a payment thing, you know, you do a little bit of work on the for a thing that I forgot about. Script doctoring or, or something? Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, it's like stuff that I probably am not even supposed to talk about because I have an NDA. But you go to hell with it. You're like, you know, the more info leaked on their on their end than on mine. Interesting. But, wow. but yeah, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Oh, yeah, man. You know? Don't you keep seeing those commercials for LifeLock with uh, the Pawn Star oh, guy, yeah. Rick? And it's just like... Yeah, every now and then I see it. It's like, yeah, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. So, and I, I can't believe we're about to let Equifax off the hook. You know, I think it's preposterous that we're going to let Equifax off the hook for that horrible data leak. Completely I mean, that's great. Be- and you're right. And it's nowhere security. in the news since the initial announcement of of what happened and everything. And yeah, I think it, everybody's just kind of scared and just like, yeah, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. Wow. No, you're 100 percent right, and again, that's why that's why I think Analog is uh, a book for its time, and uh, and yeah, like you said, it definitely a crime noir, and and I'm a as you said a huge fan of it in books and film and comics, and always happy to talk about a new crime story that has a different spin, and it is it's genre bending in the sense that it's a future story, but it also has a lot of classic crime and espionage tropes in it as well at the same time. So no, I, you guys are onto something here. This is really good. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think we'll we'll have a lot of fun, and 
you know, I, I just wrote something uh, into the fifth issue that feels like, you know, it is going to happen. And, you know, it's it, it's um, it's cool to be able to take a guess about where we're going to go. Sure. And my only true north on my compass is whether or not it's fun. And I hope even as, you know, the story elements might be a bummer. I still hope that I understand a comic is at least four bucks and, you know, we're trying to bring as much, uh, much value to that as possible. Well, and your first issue is bigger than uh, normal too, right? Yeah, it is. The first issue, uh, I think is 28 pages. So we're almost busted our self cover. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, we we made it in. It's and even the second issue, I believe, is a little bit larger too, at twenty four or twenty six. Okay. And then as the story begins to unpack it, it becomes a more manageable twenty two. Okay, that's yeah. cool. And that five issue arcs, obviously, like you said, the first trade's going to be five issues. Yeah, first trade's going to be five issues. I think if I could have done it a little differently, I might have put it to four because we're going to have an entry level trade. Uh, for both uh, analog and Dead Rabbit at nine ninety nine. Sure. sure. Um, and so the first trade of Dead Rabbit might be for big sized issues, so almost five. But yeah, I think that makes sense for ongoings. You know, yes. we let people know, uh, you know, who we are and what we are for you know a couple of bucks off, and then if you want to stick around with the story, I feel like we earned that bump up to like, you know, fourteen ninety nine for five, six issues. So No, the image the image model is really great and I'm I'm so glad that they've stuck by it and that creators get the appeal from a consumer standpoint of uh okay, yeah, let me let me try this for ten bucks and see if I like this yeah. world. And it's a great value, and and it's appreciated. And I and I'm sure you know that as well. And I'm sure you take advantage of it in the books that you like. Uh, I mean, that's that's the thing, man. It's a it's so much more competitive today than it's ever yes. been. And uh, and honestly, I, the big two are really taking a chance. And especially, I mean, again, I don't mean to, I don't mean to pick on Marvel, but like you know these five these four ninety nine books, man. It's like yeah. You know, good luck. I, I, you know, honestly, it's like you can only do that so many times, and it better be a great story. Yeah, I, I, I'm sensitive to that too. You know, I, I, it's interesting. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously concerned uh, the same as anyone with the industry, and I hear, you know, the, what's interesting is you sort of will hear the loudest voices talking about the problems, but then there are sort of the quieter voices who have sort of different problems. Like, I, I guess I won't sort of name names necessarily, but I talked to, you know, a shop this week, you know, who said, boy, I wish things were a little bit more higher priced because I make more money on a higher priced sure. item. And then there are other people who are like, I, I can't, you know, sell four ninety nine floppies. What? And so I, like I, I get it. It's you know different two different stores, retailers. Yeah, different, man. yeah, very different clients, and so I'm sensitive to it. The good news is about the 4.99 books that I'm doing, and basically my story. I think the rest of the year, you know, I, I asked for and got the world from Marvel. You know, I, I give I give those editors a lot of credit, especially you know, CB who's inherited this story from, you know, prior EIC. Okay. Yeah. From Axel to just go like, yeah, I, I like this story. We're going to, we're going to help you tell it. And, you know, I, I asked 
that because it was a cosmic book, you know, with big cosmic crazy ideas, uh, that, that, you know, I have 30 pages and they agreed. And so that they are my work, you know, the infinity countdown issues are, are, are 499, but you're getting, you know, when you, when you really boil it down, if you were willing to pay $4 for 20, but you're getting another 10 for a buck, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's added value, um, to, to, to do those 10 pages and you're going to see, you know, the artists, you know, it, it, it lets me open it up a little bit. And all of a sudden, a half splash becomes a splash, and you know a, a splash page that is really important might get even more real estate. Um, you know, one of the most metal things I really could have ever conjured up, Aaron Cooter's currently drawing. And if I don't see this on the side of a van before I die, I'm going to be so upset. Like, it's, it feels that good. Fantastic. You know, it feels like. And like seventies heavy metal stuff, sure, and uh, that's awesome with, with with the guardians, and and so we're just we're just trying to have fun, and uh, you know, but I also know that this business is uh, at the intersection of art and commerce, like so many, um, you know, artistic endeavors, and uh, you know, I I, I hope um, you know, obviously we have a ways to go, but the response to the warlock issue and and then the the prime issue that just dropped has been really strong that's awesome so, so i'm 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 grateful for that absolutely man no and and again you don't set the prices and i realize that and also like you said you are getting more pages for that 499 price and truly yeah. i like infinity countdown I, I i thought i great introduction uh there's uh, you know again some usual uh heroes and suspects as far as Marvel Cosmic goes that you would expect in this kind of story, but I think throwing in Wolverine and I do think throwing Turk in, uh, it you know kind of makes it more interesting and and yeah I, I think it's a uh, it's a great start and uh, yeah I, thanks I, absolutely yeah, I really... oh yeah so and also really I appreciate you mentioning working with CB now because um, you know I'm I'm a CB fan and oh, me too. and yeah and yeah. you know and I and I really. I know from a creative standpoint where his brain and heart are, and I, I kind of assumed this would have been an Axel Greenlit story that he has inherited, but I'm glad he's enthusiastic about it and that you well, had the chance to kind of go over story ideas with him as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, Axel, you know, was a guy who years ago got me, um, you know, g gave us our start on Deadpool, sure. and um, over the years, CB has been so supportive, and, you know, it... It actually looked the day that CB was announced. Uh, you know, he took the time to to ring me before I could even shoot him a note to congratulate. Oh, that's him. great! And and that meant the world to me. You know, so I, I uh, you know, I'm uh, and and you know, for anyone that doesn't know CB, he just he exudes a love of this uh, universe uh, as great as anyone I've ever met, and uh, he wants the the best for these stories and these characters and the stuff that I know of behind the scenes that has been simmering for a long time. People are just now starting to, to, to see what is coming down the pipe. And, you know, I think, um, you'll really feel CB's influence, uh, when, when they start talking about, um, Deadpool soon too. And, uh, you know, his love of it translates, to the finished product, and and this is going to be a real fun new era in Marvel Comics. That's great. That's awesome, man. Well, tell me about the other image book now. 
Yeah, sure. The 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 other thing I've been cooking up for a long time, um, you know, uh, I think it was first uh, Remender, and then I, I know Eric uh, Stevenson at Image had said, "Hey, you know, John has been talking about John McRae has been talking about wanting to to do a book, and you know, if the casting was right and." I just sort of said, look, if you're asking me if I want to work with John McRae, that is not a question that you need to worry about. <laughs> John, John McRae, of Hitman uh, fame, correct? Yeah, yes. Great, John McRae. Great guy. Met him, met him in Chicago a few years ago and has, has, have always been a longtime fan. Go on. Tell, tell people about it. Wonderful that. guy, but also just supremely, obscenely talented. Yes. And, uh, and I sort of said to them, I go, look, uh, you know, that's not the issue here. The issue is whether a poor John deserves to get into the Jerry Duggan business. And you know, we, we chatted very briefly and saw that we both were interested in, in doing some, uh, something messed up in the world of, uh, of, uh, of, of crime and war again. And, uh, I, I just said, I, I'm going to go away and figure out whatever it is that's going to make you happy. And, uh, we, we ended up, uh, I think catching lightning in a bottle with this idea that, about a criminal, who gave up his life of crime out of love, but is now returning to uh, a life of crime out of that same love, and what he's giving up for, you know, to do that, and and you know what are what the stakes will be because, you know, it's I, I'm writing what I know. I I, I, w I went to school in uh, the in Boston in uh, in the early to mid '90s, and um, you know that that was when he was last active, and you know he was a stick-up artist and a, and a hooligan um, back then, and and so now that uh, his wife is sick and they have uh, some desperate need for money, you know he's going to put the mask back on and and start doing some more bank jobs. But the 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 fun thing too is just seeing what John brings to this. I always repolish my script after the art comes back sure. but i am it's such a treat to see mccray uh do his thing and this is his very best work and and i i, I know what i'm saying there it, you know it, it seems like a tall tale that uh, i'm telling but 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 boy is it uh is it just bonkers the stuff he's drawing is so fun outstanding well so when does that start we're um He's on issue three, and I'm writing four and five, and uh, we think that will be for August. Okay, great. Uh, it could be for July, but I, I think it's probably safer for August. I guess th there's a chance it could be September, but we really want to have three or four in the can and done before we uh, we ask anyone to to uh, order it for the shop. But we got a, a just a, a hell of a response, you know. Uh, from from the announcement and people are, are really excited and you know to whatever extent you know it helps a retailer to say hey it's from one of the idiots that wrote deadpool and the co-creator of hitman you know you should try this crime book like great you know i, I want to make people's jobs easier i want to make selling my comics easier so i understand yeah tell me about the comics pro retailer thing i, I went to one a few years ago in chicago and really just wanted to be a fly on the wall and hear uh, publishers presenting their books and also the retailers' uh, concerns. And, and sure. it was really fun to watch the interaction and everything. And, you know, it was some of my some of my publisher buddies were like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I am, you know, <laughs> just a fly on the wall, man. I just kind of want to see it all happen. And some retailers kind of yeah. let me in on their pass. 
to to go in and get to see it. And I think it's an interesting experience. It's an interesting experience. Um, you know, there's very little um, in terms of a unified sort of here's what works or here's what yeah, we'd like to think see. or a group yeah. philosophy. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that was really interesting how open they were to a lot of ideas. You know, there are a lot of retailers and I think only sort of it felt like, you know, the, the ones that I were in that room were sort of the best of the best. You know, there were a lot of folks that uh, I knew. There were a lot of folks that I didn't know who I, I came to really admire. Um, they have, uh, you know, it's it's a bit of a, a it's it's really more of a working day than than you might think. You know, they have meetings. Mm-hmm. They have, um, you know, guest speakers. Uh, for my part, uh, we were asked to participate in – it's almost like speed dating. Yes. We would sit down at a table for a few minutes and meet retailers yep. and ask them how we could help them better sell the product and what would they – what changes would they like to see. And a lot of the 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 – ideas were great um you know and and the uh then later uh, i jumped up on almost a panel you know with a couple of other image creators to just talk about the new work mm-hmm. and uh you know t- to say where we were in the production of it and uh you know I, I gave everyone my email in case people wanted to talk about signings um you know so it, it, we're all in it together um you know, in the in the self-publishing world, it feels like, you know, we're obviously sharing a bit of the risk. You know, if we don't sell to the retailers, we can't sell to the fans. Sure. Um, so I, I'm trying as best I can to sort of, um, you know, stay on top of my Marvel deadlines, stay on top of my self-publishing deadlines, and then also sort of get out there and be my own P.T. Barnum of, of, of all of the work, you know, is uh, it feels like I'm picking up a, a, a side job. But I don't mind because it seriously is, uh, you know, my pleasure to, to be able to make my living doing what I love so much. And by the way, that was really the, the, the takeaway from the retailer meeting is these are people – who aren't just in it to make a buck. Obviously they're there to make a living, but they are doing it. You know, there, there are probably more, uh, you know, there, there are easier ways to get rich and they're, they're doing it out of love too. Sure. Absolutely. No. And, and I, I was at those, as you call them, speed dating kind of sessions, round tables and stuff. And yeah, that was fascinating watching, um, and, and, and truly, I mean, retailers don't pull back punches. They tell you because, they, it, you know, as it's been laid out many times, the profit margin and the uh, line between success and failure for these stores, it's razor thin. And they really yeah. have to be able to believe not only in the comics, but even some of the publisher practices in terms of communication or ordering books. And I can't even remember the specifics of, of a Marvel thing that they were offering. And, and the stores are like, yeah, this isn't helping us. This This is nothing. And it really was that attitude of like, Sorry, no, this isn't going to work. And, and Marvel ended up ditching it. But it was really like uh, it, there, there was no, well, we'll see or whatever. It's like, no, we don't have time to see. We'll tell you right now. And it wasn't out of like any stonewalling or anything like that. It was kind of this kind of puffery thing. you know. And it's funny, I'm saying this while DC is leaving the Diamond you know, previews catalog itself and creating its own catalog in the way that Marvel has as well. Um, this was more of a yeah. digital thing. 
And yeah, they're yeah. like, you're just creating more busy work for us. You're really not helping us with this thing. I, I'm not, uh, you know, I, look, there's a big part of, uh, you know, the internet sort of makes everyone an expert. Sure. And uh, <laughs> I see a lot of chatter online from probably some very well-intentioned people and some people that are not well-intentioned talking about what the problems of the comic book industry are. Absolutely. And the truth of the matter is that unless you have been on both sides of like the retailer and, and the creating the, the publisher business, you probably don't have the right uh, like altitude to even look down at the problems. You know, we're, we're, it's a very, 20th century um business model <laughs> and uh you know it has a lot of growing pains in the 21st century you know sure. I, I worry sure. about i worry about diamond a lot you know for i feel like if anyone sort of knows about diamond it would be your audience from the folks that have come in it, it's a company that sort of has the monopoly on being able to um sh move and ship comics from the printer to, you know, from the publisher to the fan, right. to, the to the comic shops, yeah. and to the stores. And so, you know, it just, it feels like we're, you know, uh, the times are tough now, but at the same time, you know, uh, I, I still think, uh, there's a lot of money out there, um, you know, to, to be made. Great. I think uh, the, there's a lot of, um, really exciting look, you know, I, I Bendis is going to be writing Superman. Are you kidding me? Like, of course I'm going to be there. You know, uh, yeah, I, I know about, you know, I've heard now several times Jason's uh, Avengers stories and, you know, he's going to kill that book. Sure. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Al Ewing is going to write a, a horror themed Hulk book. Like I'm jealous to the point of wanting to fly over there and murder him and wear his skin <laughs> and turn in scripts in my Al Ewing suit. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of really fun stuff coming, uh, f from not just the, the big two publishers, but you know, the image stuff that they announced at the expo this week, there was not a book that they, they trotted across that stage that I, I wouldn't buy. So I know I'm, I'm sort of a super fan, you know, I get to write off my, my comics purchases, but I, uh, I'm, there's so much good comic books out there right now that there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about, about our industry, even though I think 2017 was a hard year by most accounts. I hear you, man. And no, and I agree with you as well. Um, and yeah, and I think because it was such a hard year, uh, some of the shakeups and that's something that, that Brian and I talked about on our last podcast chat, you know, almost needed to happen, um, you know, at the top and he, you know, even, no, no, no offense to Axel. I, I, I like Axel a lot, uh, but yeah, maybe it was time for a different uh, direction as well, and and that's why I think uh, CB as an editor in chief is is a positive step, and uh, and yeah, and I think uh, DC. Rocky years ago said that uh, DC and Marvel are like the tortoise and the hare, and and, <laughs> and yeah, and Marvel's the hare, and Marvel is able to be a little more nimble, a little quicker and stuff, and when you think they got a couple laps ahead, and all of a, all of a sudden you look and there's the tortoise right next to Marvel. And that's DC, right. and I mean, and I think DC is doing that. And some of the areas that I think DC is expanding in, with my buddies Art and Franco, uh, and some of the young adult product that they're talking about oh, with yeah. DC Zoom sure. and all these other things, I think these are really interesting 
innovative ideas. And uh, yeah, I think I, I think some real interesting shakeups are happening in comics, and it will only mean better products <laughs> and and great opportunities for both readers and creators. So. Yeah, I, I hope so. I think so. I, I think regardless of, um, you know, w- whatever your poison, it sounds like you're going to get some really wonderful poison yep. this year. Oh, no, absolutely. Exactly. Every genre is being addressed. And I think with really quality creators behind it and great ideas. So, no, I think I think it is an interesting time. Well, let me ask you as, as we if we if you've got a couple more minutes. Do you have a couple? Yeah, more? absolutely. All right, cool. Well, because I want to ask. Yeah. You know, I mean, both. What's going on with you in the scripted world, if anything? And uh, also, as always, I'm always fascinated with where comedy is because I think comedy's uh, the ability to make an impact in comedy. It looks like it keeps changing, and and there are weird, you know, uh, ways of breaking through. Whether it's you know uh, through a through a viral video or or the traditional stand up way, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, well, first of all, in the scripted world, what's happening with you? If you can talk about it. Sure, a little bit. Um, I, you know, I was um, paid um, last year to um, wrench on an adaptation uh, of one of my comic books. Um, you know, there's not an announcement there yet, but um, that was fun to be able to do. Cool. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it felt like that was a very early goal of mine that I sort of, as the movie business really began to change and Hollywood looked towards comic books for really all of its source material i sort of set aside that dream of of writing a feature in order to sort of you know get into the ip business you know in one way or the other uh you know i've been thrilled to be able to do it for marvel and and equally thrilled to be able to do it for myself at image Uh, but that was uh that was neat to be able to do and i took that check and i i bought a uh, an, uh, a nice camera for myself. I, I, I like to take pictures. And so, um, you know, that's sort of the only thing that I have as an outlet that doesn't feel like I'm trying to monetize. Oh, so still you know, photography I, is like kind of an outlet. Yeah, still photography. Cool. I, I'm not a great photographer, but if I shoot enough, I'll eventually, you know, just by law of averages, end up with a, a couple of uh, pictures from each night out that I don't hate. I hear you. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I do that. And, um, yeah, so the that's the Hollywood thing in a nutshell. There might be some more news um, down the line, but there's nothing that I I personally can talk okay. about now. Okay. Inter- the interesting thing about you know comedy is you know I I ended up I wrote for uh, Attack of the Show uh, for five years. Yeah, uh, live absolutely the old G four show if people remember. And old G four we're live every day at four with. Kevin Pereira and Olivia Munn and then later with Chris Hardwick and Allison Hayslip and a lot of fun an amazing experience to be able to to really sharpen your um, your wits on a live show that, you know, if the show was great, you couldn't uh, take a victory lap. And if the show was uh, just a pile of shit, you couldn't uh, really dwell on it because the next day there's another hour to 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 fill anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, for sports radio, I, sort of, I understand that kind of thing. Yeah, man, you're only as good yeah, as your yeah, last show, and you got to do it again tomorrow. It's, it's live. It's you know, you 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 have to. It's an unforgiving mistress. But the but the, you know, the that was a wonderful way for me to to really get uh, my chops up. Um, you know, I then used Twitter. You know, I, I thought for a while maybe I was going to end up on a late night show uh, before the comics stuff really took off, and so. You know, anymore, uh, I, I love working with comedy writers and I love working with comedians. Uh, every 
February. I'm so uh, grateful that um, Patton Oswalt asks me to contribute materials to the award shows that that he hosts. So he's he's been doing the WGA awards uh, for the last couple of years on the West Coast. Oh, it's so much fun to it's so much fun to work with your friends. And Patton's been such a good friend to me. Uh, and and then to come out of it and it's the easiest job in the world to pitch jokes to Patton. I've never pitched him a joke that he didn't walk out on stage and make 10 times better as it left his lips. And somehow I get the credit for it. So it's, 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 you know, it's great work if you can get it, but please don't get it. It's my favorite work. <laughs> That's um, but I work, so I, I work with Matt Oswalt. His brother is very funny and Mike Drucker and, and Paula Pell, um, who's a, SNL alum and uh, <coughs> pardon me. Um, so we did. Um, we we also do the Visual Effects Society Awards every year, oh, fun. and that's just really you know on top of having fun with your buddies, you're also meeting people that you admire in almost every discipline of filmmaking. So there was one year uh, we were hanging out backstage. I think this was the year that Hugo was um, the big awards winner. And so Martin Scorsese was being um, presented with the um, big award that year. And so, you know, the green room at the Beverly Hilton is only so big. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get to hang out with him for a little while for <laughs> before he wow. goes out on stage and speaks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I ended up uh, sharing a couple of pictures on my Instagram this year. We met uh, – Mark Hamill and Kevin Feige. And, you know, th there's a really interesting camaraderie back there. Uh, you know, they're meeting people that they admire, too. And it's it's fun to be in that situation. The WGA Awards the last couple of years have been a blast to write comedy for because, boy, that's that's sort of a smart, funny audience. Sure. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, we, we feel uh, – you know, it, it makes us feel good to be able to comment on our political situation in a room where uh, no one's going to block you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adam Schiff was there this year. Wow. Congrats to the, yeah, the congressman so that's in the uh, the Democrat, yep. the minority uh, guy on the intelligence committee that is more, it seems more frustrated by the uh, lack of cooperation from uh, the Trump people than uh, the Republican leader. Uh, so, no, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> At that moment, uh, he had not had his uh, memo released, and uh, okay. Patton got to introduce him as the congressman uh, who's written the hottest spec in town that no one's allowed to read. <laughs> and then, the, really, a giant, huge standing ovation, like a roar. I had not heard this many writers ever roar this loud ever. That's awesome. So That's fantastic. It's neat. It's 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 a fun way to spend award season. Hilarious. That's fantastic, man. Jesus. What was the uh, and I, I know we've talked about it before, but what was that pilot you guys did for Comedy Central? You, Posehn, and, and Patton, uh, and Sarah Silverman. That did wasn't it? They, um, yeah, it was a Comedy Central pilot called uh, Super Nerds. Super Nerds. That's right, and it's on YouTube still, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think they got taken ah. down. It was there for a while. Look, very, very like decent pilot. I think Brian and Patton were, uh, you know, as the two guys who who wrote the pilot, you know, were a little. Uh, they looked back on it and wished that it would have been different for 
you know, various reasons. But I think it was so ahead of its time that it didn't have a chance. And what we didn't know at the time, that was my secret origin, by the way. I, I was working at Golden Apple Comics in Hollywood. These guys were just coming in. I obviously knew who they were. They made me laugh. And I was thrilled when they said, hey, could you come into Dakota Pictures, the production company that was making it, and help them make the set look like a real comic book set? There's no budget for it. And the guy that you know was doing it hadn't really ever stepped foot in a comic shop. And I said, absolutely. And Bill Leibowitz, the owner of Golden Apple at the time, let me grab his Rolodex and ring up uh, creators that owned their own IP. So, for instance, I rang uh, Mike Mignola and said, hey, could we use Hellboy on the set? You know, I, David Mazzucchelli gave us uh, rubber blankets. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. I mean, like, it really looked like a comic shop. And, and that was actually where I first interacted with uh, Joe, too. And Joe signed off on the Marvel stuff, being able to be used and and it just looked like a real world totally and, uh, you know we didn't know it at the time but uh comedy central did two pilots one was super nerds and uh odenkirk was directing that uh for brian and, and Patton. and that's actually how i met my wife my wife was working for bob at the time crazy so everything in the world that ever happened that was good to me came out of that comic shop job but uh, but um, we didn't know it. But they, the other pilot was a show called Strip Mall that I think ran for many years. But like the Comedy Central executive was married to the creator of Strip Mall. Oh Jesus! <laughs> if, if we had known, I feel like we would have maybe not worked as hard on it. <laughs> well, I got to see so, it, and it was great. And you've got a great Hitchcocky and sort of quick walk on. Uh, I do. I'm I'm a like a nerd in the shop. Exactly. They were all very good to me. You know, the first time I made any of them laugh on set, uh, I remember was on that uh, was on that stage when we were stopped down at a lunch, and you know, being able to like make your heroes all laugh feels so good. And then Posein looked over at me, and I'll never forget this. He just said, "Yeah, great. Now write ten more of those." Wow. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, "Okay." Did you? Um... <laughs> Right out of it. Did did you have and no? Forgive me. Continue if you got more on that. No, no. I mean that was that was it. That was. Uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing the award stuff and everything. Did you uh, on Netflix? Did you see the uh, Doug Henney, uh Doug Kenny rather uh, biopic that? Uh, oh God, no, I'm blanking. Uh, will Will um, oh God, SNL guy? Uh, will yeah? Is it Will Sasso? No, it was, right. It was, it, was, it was Forte. I want to say. Oh, Will Forte. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I haven't had a chance yet. I'm so far behind on stuff, but I, I'll I'll add that to my queue if it's not in there now. Uh, you know, I I I, uh, I can't listen to um, to voices when oh, I write. Of course, absolutely. It interferes. So, I, and I've been writing so much that uh, you know I, I, the stuff is piled up on on Netflix. Sure. Stuff is piled up on my DVR. I'm behind on everything. What do you listen so, uh, to? you listen obviously music or something but yeah what do you what do you hear yeah i, I listen to soundtracks um, oh, sure. and and the soundtracks you know it's it's funny itunes used to clearly display how many times you'd listen to a certain tracks and uh, i do listen to um certain tracks on repeat while i finish a script or a scene in a script anyway 
And uh, so I, I listened to a lot of um, like I, 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 over the last couple of years, a lot of Hans Zimmer. Okay. Um, the the Junkie XL stuff is great. Uh, that that Fury Road soundtrack. You know, I've probably written uh, you know more cosmic Marvel stuff to that. Actually, Pepe Larraz and I uh, have an ongoing thread back and forth where we recommend um, soundtracks to each other, and uh, I'm really excited for the new. Um, uh, the new Johnny Greenwood soundtrack from uh, the the movie that uh, made a lot of headlines at Sundance. It was uh, called "You Were Never Really Here," I think. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, okay. Yeah, it looked uh, Joaquin Phoenix as sort of a, a cleaner, uh, so it seemed pretty uh, pretty interesting. But I'm a Johnny, I'm a Radiohead and Johnny Greenwood uh, uh, fan, and so I, I listened to "There Will Be Blood," sure. and uh, you know, I, I have them organized in my iTunes. Um, Sometimes by genre, like I have a whole folder of Jason Bourne soundtracks and, you know, I, uh, John, John Powell um, uh, stuff and, and then uh, a lot of uh, old stuff too, like Lalo uh, Schifrin. You know, I was going to ask if you listen to Lalo Bullet. Schifrin at all. Yeah, man. I do. Yeah, I mean, like I have Magnum Force and Bullet and uh, and uh, he has a crazy uh, album that was sort of a best of, Most Wanted 1968 to 79 so there's like a greatest hits of him there Fantastic. and then you know the even the the uh, david shire the the old 70s stuff like i uh listen a lot to the taking of pelham one two three yes. and uh yeah a lot of a lot of stuff that um a lot of classic old cinema uh i'll i'll re-listen to those soundtracks it it uh even like even if i wanted to i couldn't really throw on led zeppelin i just can't hear the the voice sure. it just it feels like it it short circuits the parade of uh voices in the head that i'm trying to listen to no, that makes total sense and and i you know i mean i know people that listen to classical music while they write and uh i think warren ellis always puts out uh playlists of ambient music he pl- he plays when he's writing and stuff so yeah Oh, speaking of playlist, uh, I, I don't know where it is anymore. I, I had Spotify, but when all of my Guardians scripts took a title from an actual yes. like song, <laughs> and then that, that, that song became a playlist, so that's out there somewhere for anyone. Oh, that's great to, on Spotify. Yeah. I think it is on Spotify. Not everything was necessarily. I, I don't think I could do quite everything because not everything was available on Spotify, but almost everything ended up on uh on spotify so i i google guardians and playlist and see what comes up or spotify or i'll i'll, I'll try to link it to you if i can dig it oh, out but great. that was sort of yeah, absolutely man. when damn people realized that was happening Hilarious. yeah yeah no and you gotta you, you know for analog and 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 again i forgive me what's the mccray book called again that's called dead, dead rabbit. rabbit okay yeah yeah i think you know i, I want i expect a lalo <laughs> Schifrin heavy uh playlist oh, for dead yeah. rabbit obviously Sure. He, uh, Martin Dobbs is, uh, that stick up man who managed to get clean away and is sort of playing with fire again. But he, um, you know, he, he, he used to tell the story that he was, he'd put on the mask and tell people he was descended from one of the original dead rabbits. It's all a lie, but that was, <laughs> that was a badass thing that he sort of, uh, threatened people with made people think twice before they crossed hilarious. Them. That's fantastic, man. Jesus. Well, well, as always, man, you got a lot of good ideas percolating, and I'm glad we get the chance to read them. 
uh, it, it's, you know. it's always a pleasure to, to talk to you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I appreciate it. Sorry. It's been so long. No, it's I, uh, Jared's uh 50, 50. I, I take half the blame as well. I, you know, that's the thing. I'll see someone at a con and be like, Hey, let's talk. And then I realize, okay, yeah, that was 15 months ago, not just a year ago, <laughs> even more. And yeah, I mean, God, I was embarrassed. You know, Ruck is one of my best friends in comics and, I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we haven't talked in over a year. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. But again, you know, you see, I see you guys at cons and in my mind, it's like, all right, well, we just had a conversation. I, mean, I think subconscious is like, all right, that counts. And I don't realize, no, that that isn't a podcast. That's just a conversation, dumbass. <laughs> yeah, Nothing happens. Exactly. So, no, I'm, I'm glad to help you promote the the new books and uh, the Marvel stuff and everything, man. No, and, and, and truly, yeah, it's always always good to get your point of view, Jer. So thanks for coming on. And um when Dead Rabbit gets going and everything, yeah, I either should have you back or get John on. And uh, oh my gosh, know. that would be amazing! Yeah, so I would well, love. You're gonna have to help me get him. So John's got that. John's got that charming accent. You don't want to listen to my voice anymore. <laughs> That's true. I understand. Yeah, Sal Abinetti, yeah. <laughs> uh one of my favorite Chicago Italians, introduced you. Jan, you got to meet John McCray. He's fantastic. Yeah, and he is fantastic. And it was that's a very good. You really do a good job of scrubbing your Chicago out, but it comes through there. It's amazing. I can't help it, man. It's it's in the back there. Dad, my dad had like a nice heavy Chicago accent. Oh, does your wife is from the Chicago area? Does she have a Chicago accent? No, she's, she's sort of spent, yeah, yeah la di da. No, uh, she, she she doesn't have much of a hint of, uh, of it anymore. But you really sounded like uh, I was talking to someone from like Midnight Run just now. That's awesome. <laughs> that <laughs> got the discs. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, stab you in the heart with this pencil. I swear to God. Exactly. Oh no, those are the best, man. Jesus. Well, all right. I'm looking forward to seeing you at C2E2 in a couple of weeks, and uh, people should come by and, and see you there. Are you are you going to? Uh, well, at, at this point, it'll already been passed. Emerald City. Um, uh, I'm missing Emerald City, so it turns out you didn't miss well, anything. It's my it's one of my favorite shows, but uh, I'm not going to be able to go this well, year. I understand that. Just too much work. Sure. Well, we would rather have the donuts than you shaking hands and signing, <laughs> signing comics. So that's good. But, uh, yeah, man, all right, I'll see you in about a month, and uh, good luck with the new books, and uh, keep up the great work, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there you go. Jerry Duggan, wonderful conversation. Glad to share it with you on today's Word Balloon, brought to you again by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. Greatly appreciated, especially during convention season. So uh, thank you for helping the cause out. If you'd like to uh, help out as well, you can go to wordballoon.com, click on the Patreon ad. That will take you to my Patreon page. Or you can go directly to patreon.com slash wordballoon. Subscribe to Word Balloon if you think Word Balloon and uh, the content that I provide every month is, you know, it's kind of an audio magazine when you think about it. Each episode is its own little feature. And uh, one of the reasons why I try to go more than an hour with these guys is, you know, a convention panel is usually 45, 50 minutes if you're lucky. And uh, Word Balloon, I give you, you know, at least an hour, if not more. Example, uh, today, going as long as I did with Jerry. It's a, it's a pleasure. And I think uh, you learn more about the writers. And I think it's sometimes, uh, in some ways, it can inspire uh, writers and artists that want to get into the comic book field. And any creative people, I think, find inspiration in uh, hearing how other creative people think. I know I do. I get a lot out of these conversations. 
and I hope you do too. If you think it's worth your while and want to subscribe to Word Balloon, again, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon or click on the ad on the front page of wordballoon.com. But thank you, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades. At InStockTrades.com, there's a lot of uh, interesting uh, Jerry Duncan product waiting for you at InStock Trades. You can get Hulk Trade Paperback Volume 2, Omega Hulk. Mark Bagley doing the art. Uh, this was uh, Jerry's uh, run on the Hulk. Pretty neat stuff. And uh, Doc Green, it begins the uh, Omega Hulk run. And a uh, pretty interesting story. It's 42% off, uh, $11.59. You can get Hawkeye versus Deadpool. Man, those are two guys just waiting to go up against each other. Uh, pretty funny stuff, as always. But uh, this is 42% off, $9.85. There's lots of Deadpool trades waiting for you at uh, you know InStockTrades.com. Um, there's also things like, let's see, uh, Deadpool, World's Greatest, uh, Volume 6, Patient Zero, Patient Zero, uh, that is uh, 42% off, $10.43. Volume 7, Deadpool Does Shakespeare, $9.27. There is, like I said, just I'm scrolling here, Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. How about um, Arkham Manor? Man, I forgot about this one with our buddy Sean Crystal, too, doing the art. Pretty neat stuff in Arkham Asylum Gotham City story. Uh, it's a six-issue uh, Batman story here, 42% off, just $8.69. Lots of Guardian of the Galaxy stuff, too. Um, you can get Volume 1, 2, or 3. Uh, volume 1, Communication Breakdown, $10.43. Volume 2, Riders in the Sky, $10.43. And Volume 3, Infinity 1, $9.27. All waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. Great books, great prices. Do it now. InStockTrades.com. Thanks for listening to Word Balloon. Thanks uh, again for uh, helping me out this March. It's uh, been a great month, but we're not done. Lots to come. And uh, lots on the March to C2E2. I'm going to be talking to a few uh, creative people that will be at the convention along with me. In some cases, we're doing panels. In other cases, they're just my buddies that I want to help promote as they'll be at the con as well. So uh, be listening. In the days ahead of Word Balloon, you're going to hear a lot of C2E2 programming on the way. And I hope to see you there at the convention. In the next couple episodes, I'll let you know my schedule as far as my panels. i got a couple panels that I'll be at this, uh, this, at this convention in Chicago. And really looking forward to seeing everybody and uh, shaking listeners' hands and thanking them directly for listening to Word Balloon. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.